Hey there, this is Carrie Schaefer, also known as author Carrie Ann King, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Secrets, where I get to take you off the page with the people who make the books we all love to read. Tell Me Your Secrets is produced from live stream video and is owned and copyrighted by Authors on the Air, Global Radio Broadcasting Network. everybody. This is totally a Carrie Schaefer day today. I am here with the ever lovely, gorgeous, and fabulous Jennifer Ann Gordon. Um, can't wait to have this conversation. We are sort of um, co- cohorts. Co- I can't remember the word. We are both people who do podcasts for Authors on the Air, so we know each other from there. Um, I know that she's a lot of fun, and when I saw her new very scary book come out, look at this pretty cover, by the way, pretty pretty ugly. It's beautiful and freaky at the same time, which is exactly how it should be, because this is how the book goes. So I'm really excited to talk to Jennifer. We are going to explore some darker topics today. She does dark, shivery kind of things, which is really fun. Before we go to that, I do have to tell you, I also have a new book out right now as Carrie Schaefer. So the third book in the Shadow Valley series came out on Tuesday. So Dead Before Dinner is available. It also has some creepy crawly things in it, but you know me, there's always going to be that humor that kind of takes the edge off. So I describe it as cozy mystery, kind of nestled up against horror with some quirky characters and a very strong kick-ass older female lead character. So you might like it. You might want to give it a try. That is available on Amazon. I am going to bring Jennifer on right now. Hi, Jennifer. Hello. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I love your background. and Oh, my gosh. This is yeah. a shower curtain that I bought on Amazon, and I hang it up on my wall because I have ugly wallpaper. But I feel like this is kind of the house I should be living in because... It is. You look so gothic. You have the dress. It's like the, the brand. The... Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm like, I just love this. And then I lo- tried to find wallpaper with this pattern, and that was really expensive. So I'm like, I'll just stick with my $12... $12 shower okay. curtain. You know what? That's your secret for today. You're kind of off the hook because I need a secret. And I, I, I'm just blown away by that because I've done all the things. It's like, should I buy a really expensive screen? I've tried every wall, but they're all bad lighting. And yeah. then I finally started using a green screen, which is, as you probably know, kind of an iffy proposition. With, if, depending on your hair, like I'm petrified of green screens because like if I lean back at all, like my hair goes completely away and then I look like an alien. So oh, really? and I move a lot when I talk. So Me too. the few times I've done green screen, I'm just like, oh, oh, my hair's gone. Oh, half my face is gone. Oh, my hand's gone. So then I was just like stood really still. Yeah. And I just I don't think that's me. Like, I'm very like, bah! I'm really movie too. Um, and so, you know, what I've noticed is my hair will often look like it's either blue or pink, which it's not, which, which is still just, cool. <laughs> yeah. It's just funny. Like, I just like, Oh, I did my hair. I dyed my hair today. Um, but I am going to go look shower curtains now. Like you just absolutely. Yeah. yeah on Amazon. Brilliant. I just, I had one before this that looked like an antique bookshelf. And now that's my actual shower curtain. I took it off my wall and put it in the bathroom. <laughs> and, um, 
Yeah, like there's like so many cool patterns. All I did was look up like um, French Gothic shower curtain. Because I'm like, I don't know what's going to come up. So many things. And then I looked up like mid-century modern. I looked up like cozy. And there were so many great things. I'm like, this is a podcaster's dream. It is. And you could trade them up. I mean, yeah. because it'd be fun, well, right? Yeah. Eventually, yeah. this will probably go into my bathroom, and then I'll get a different <laughs> background. That's just, I love this I, so much. It's just, uh, thank you. I, my day is made. <laughs> now you know what you're doing tonight. You're like just shop and shower shop and, curtains. Shop and shower curtains, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you can never have too many shower curtains, I feel. You, you just it's never true. Because when the apocalypse comes, it, it could yeah. involve... I don't know. Shower mm. curtains could be. It could. It could. You never knew. We did. We didn't know it was going to involve toilet paper. You know. A year <laughs> right. Ago, right. So. Who knew? <laughs> Absolutely. Who knew? So funny story from my house. So this is just real quick, and then we're going to get to all your stuff. We have outside of my house. If you're on my newsletter, you're going to get a picture soon. At, like this giant skunk cabbage. It's like as tall as I am. Because now here's the thing. My Viking has been watering it. It's outside his. It's outside his shop. It, water's short this year. We're in mm -hmm. drought. The well's iffy and all that kind of stuff. He's been watering it. And he says that they make the best toilet paper if you needed a plant. So the That's leaves are really good to know. Pink and soft. Yes. <laughs> so he's like, he's teasing, kind of. But he's like, you know, but if you the never toilet know. paper goes away again, we are set. I'm not outdoorsy, so it's good to know because I would have probably ended up with like poison oak or something in, in <laughs> all of the wrong good. places. So I'm going to go out on a really wild limb here and say that I'm guessing that you like gothic stories and a, a stuff. Little, a little. A little. Um, no, I, I, I love them. I love, I think that's like, my, it's my go-to comfort place for writing, which, and also my go-to comfort place for reading, like. I'll, I'll tell people, I'm like, I will read any book that has, like, a giant manor house, fog, a rocky coastline, and, like, somehow you've, like, the main character's inherited a bunch of money, and she, like, or, and, or, and she, like, goes to this incredible castle that she didn't know was in her family, and it might be haunted, or there might be somebody living in the attic. Like, I would read that plot forever. Forever. Jane, <laughs> Jane, Jane Eyre. In yeah. Like different. any kind of Jane Eyre meets Rebecca, like any hybrid of that, I'll just like, I, I don't care. I'll read it over and over again. And I love it every time. I'm like, woo, this person got left the house. You might like the very strange and wonderful Shadow, Manny, Shadow Valley Manor Mysteries, although it's called a manor, but it's not really a manor. So never mind. Yeah, although it does so have okay. secret passageways and stuff. We tried. So, yeah. Um, you have me at secret passageways. Honestly, <laughs> I read almost everything genre-wise. Um, like there's my go-tos that I, I go to first or like when I'm just, I need something that's comforting. But I read almost everything. I don't read a lot of like erotica romance or like space opera, sci-fi or really, really high fantasy. But kind of almost anything else I, I do read. Yeah, especially thrillers and and horror and anything crime related. Yeah, see, <laughs> I like the crime. I like thrillers. I kind of dystopian always gets me. Here's here's this is one of my secrets. I grew up as a very strict Seventh Day Adventist child. Oh, and okay. 
I get this. My entire childhood was about the end is coming. We must prepare. It's yes. going to be horrible. Very few will survive. And I get terrified. I start reading dystopian and I really literally get scared. I'm like, mm, it's too close to reality. So I just like, no. Nope. I, I get that so much. So I don't, besides Pretty Ugly, my book that just came out also on Tuesday, I've never written dystopian before and I never thought I was going to. Um, my dad wasn't a prepper, but we did have like a room in our basement that was like stockpiled food and we had a big garden and we like canned everything to prepare just in case just in and case. there was and in case the banks failed like he didn't believe in banks and like we just had like money in like a lockbox that was behind the cat litter right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what if now, the house burns down now you've given a secret like if people come to your house to rob you they're gonna look behind the cat litter but well, i i believe in banks and don't go to her house for things it's in, it's in the bank so let's talk about pretty ugly which um brilliant cover brilliant yeah show it look at that bring it up close Oh, 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 with the platinum five-star seal from Reader's Favorite. That's so fantastic. And it deserves it. So here's the other thing, as I was telling Jennifer, I don't read dystopian, but I was sucked in because her writing and her characters and everything's just beautiful and brilliant. Really very literary, I feel. So, uh, you know, I will be honest. I've given this book to a bunch of people and it's, you know, people have been starting to read it. And even my beta readers, when I gave it to them, I said, can you tell me what genre this is? Because I'm not, I don't know what it is. And two of them said, I think it's literary, even though it's horror and dystopian, I think it's yeah. literary. And I'm like, okay, that's what I was thinking too. But like, I'm known as being a horror author. I won the Kindle award for best horror novel authors on the air. Best right, horror novel did. of 2020. And we we were there. That's when we first officially met. Right, exactly. Yeah, because I won an award as Carrie Ann King for yes. best women's fiction from authors on the air. But okay, so we need to talk about you and then we need to talk more about the book. So which which book was the horror book that you won the award for? Just for um, it was my debut novel. It was mm -hmm. beautiful, frightening, and silent, which is a gothic literary novel about grief and uh, trauma when you can't let go of it, and how mm -hmm. that can haunt you almost as much as a ghost can. Right. So your novels are very psychological. Yes. This, yeah. This book is definitely psychological and it has a lot of built-in symbolism and metaphor and all that kind of stuff as well so psychology is that something that that you I love practice it. you, you love um, it is I it a it. career I, I, education uh, it's not a career like a little bit of education because i wanted to be a psychology major but i realized that i would have to take math courses and science courses and what i really just wanted to do was take like four years of abnormal psychology um, yeah. because I just like wanted that. Um, I hate to say it. There's a, a big history in my family of mental illness. So I grew up kind of thinking, I hope I don't get schizophrenia because most of the women in my family have it or bipolar disorder. So mm -hmm. like as a very young child, I became like weirdly obsessed with, with mental illness and the signs of mental illness and what can cause it. And even just like post-traumatic stress disorder, I was like, again, very fascinated. I read every book I could get my hands on in high school. Like 
I read Sybil. I read When Rabbit Howls. I read, you know, uh, I Never Promised You a Rose Garden. Oh, yeah. Like everything I read all of those. Get my hands on (laughs) um, about psychology. Uh, I ended up becoming a theater major instead of a psychology major. But I think there it's a similarity there. Yeah, they're very linked. Absolutely. Yes. Because it's always and again, and that's linked to writing because it's about figuring out a person's brain. Yes. And figuring out why they do what they do in novels. That's just what it is. It's the same thing I would do as a theater performer, like discovering who a character was. That's I'm, I'm doing it now, but I'm just doing it like with my fingers on a keyboard. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally get that connection. I wanted to do some drama. I, I still would, you know, I dabbled in community theater for a bit because I do love that, losing yourself in a character and getting the psychology exactly. of it. Yeah, but we get to do that in the books. Um, what do you do for a day job? Um, Pre-COVID, I was a professional ballroom dancer uh, full-time for oh 12 years. Oh, my gosh. How and, awesome is that? Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, so um, so I teach and I choreograph and uh, I performed. I My husband, who is my dance partner, he and I were both teachers together. We met um, in 2010 at the Fred Astaire studio in Ohio, and then we moved to New Hampshire. We competed for a little while, but both of us really didn't like the idea of using dance as a competition. Um, I much rather think of it as an art form and a way to express myself. So, yeah, I was a professional ballroom dancer and performer. And I also had my own burlesque and cabaret troupe for five years. And so I was the creative director of that. Um, Then COVID hit and nobody was dancing. And we certainly weren't dancing in a stranger's arms six inches away from each other's face. Right. So um, my husband and I both got different jobs. Now um, I work for a political advocacy firm called Carner Blue Strategies. And um, we have clients like the National Association of Social Workers and the Psychologists Association. And we work for advocating for them um, for like political reasons, legislative issues and making sure that social justice issues are at the, are being represented. So wow. that's my well, job now. Quite a switch. I, you know, you, it was you, a huge pivot. Yeah. Well, maybe you can go back to dancing at some point. I, I've I, been dancing a little bit uh, now that like some of the restrictions have lifted. Um, we're teaching a few lessons here and there, and we have our first performance scheduled for September. What an absolute dream kind of life you have. It's just like, how fun is that? Um, I mean, professionally, like my job was like, you wear costumes most of the time. Like we are, my studio had giant costume balls once a month. We performed all over. So once COVID hit, I did, I realized I didn't have like normal clothes. I was just like, well, what do I wear when I'm just relaxing? Like a rockabilly dress or this like weird (laughs) steampunk outfit, like, just like need stuff to be like laying in my bed with and I I didn't have anything I didn't own jeans I didn't own sweatpants that's just I I'm loving this we're very opposite in that way it's like jeans and sweatpants I own (laughs) I can't dance I got no rhythm I have a storage unit that's filled with just like wigs and costumes. See, you could, oh my God. You know, when all this is over, we need to get together. We need to get a bunch of writers together and just have a big costume dress up party. Yes, I I want this. Oh, 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 I know. It's one of those murder mystery party things where we set it up and we all, you know, yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Our studio did one and I loved it so much. It was pirate themed. Oh, and I feel like the theater people in all of us took over and like nobody (laughs) danced. It was just like legitimately just like doing a play for like three hours. And my boss was like, no one's dancing. They're all just talking in terrible pirate accents. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's what you get when there's like a whole bunch of old theater performers oh that's like, awesome oh, i love this let's do this how fun well okay we have to talk about the book because oh, yeah you know, that's important so pretty ugly which is a beautiful <laughs> title um i love the title right off the top so tell us about a little bit about what the book is about um so i'll start with the characters because i think okay. all of my books yeah, that's are a actually good way to start. about characters uh the story follows a woman named Omelia, who is an Instagram influencer. Uh, She wasn't always Omelia, an Instagram influencer. When she was a child, her name was Nicole, and she had a hard childhood, and she dealt with a lot of um, grief and trauma. And throughout her adult life, she always found it easier to be somebody rather than be Nicole, the girl whose, you know, father killed himself. So she created this person she created Omelia who does uh makeup tutorials based on book covers that she you know her favorite book covers so Omelia and then the story also follows Sam who is the heir apparent to a political dynasty uh unwillingly he is running for governor of the state of Massachusetts he becomes embroiled in a low-level political scandal nothing sexual and gross no, it's just, it's terrible, though. It's terrible. It's terrible. I know. But, you know, terrible. Sam, you kind of, you got to, you kind of <laughs> love him and hate him, like, simultaneously, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I hate to say it, so I'll, I'll get back to that. Um, so, <laughs> Sam and Amelia, these two people who don't know each other, um, so we follow their story as the world gets ravaged by a virus, not covid And again, sorry that it's about a virus. The idea came up pre-COVID, so I never (laughs) thought that I'd be writing about a global pandemic that almost ended the world and the book would be coming out like right after a global pandemic or in a global pandemic. Uh, But it's a a different kind of virus. It's more physical in nature. So even if you survive it, it causes facial scarring, terrible, terrible facial scarring, body scarring. So I wanted to write a story about two people who are basically fictionalized versions of real people. They have never been their true authentic selves. They have always been facade. And what happens in a world where that literally is being rotted and ripped away from you? So if you can't be a face and that's all you've been for most of your life is just a face, who are you? And what happens when you try to figure out who you are and are you capable of love and are you capable of forgiveness and are you capable of just existing in a world? So that is pretty ugly. Right. And especially a world that is in the process of potentially ending. I, you know, it's your timing is really brilliant, actually. I mean, I I know you didn't plan it, but it, I'm glad that you had the courage to proceed with the book anyways, despite the pandemic. I think, you know, there, there are some that would have maybe not or whatever. I tried not to, to be honest. I tried not to, but I already had Sam and Amelia in my head. Yeah. And I already had the moment of the political scandal. 
in my head. So for it's, I don't even want to say it, but I kind of want to say it. It's just somebody getting caught on a hot mic because these yeah. things happen. You can say that these things do happen. Yeah, these do things. It happens to us as podcasters. Um, but I, I wanted Sam to get caught on a hot mic saying something, and what I wanted him to say was just like so awful and like uh, just sad. It was just sad. Sad. Yeah. And pathetic. Really. Pathetic. So pathetic. And I was like, I hate him so much. But I also knew his backstory. So I was just right. like, yeah, I just like understood why he was the way he was. Right. Which right. is very callous and kind of dead inside. He thinks well, he's I know, dead but you, inside. But you may, here's what's brilliant about you and your writing is that he's presented as somebody like that, that's callous and cold and, you know, just a face, very privileged, very privileged white guy stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and yet, um. I was able to feel like maybe there's a, like, you know, I couldn't hate him no. straight up. Like I, and that's, what's really difficult about the book is because it, it really grabs you and makes you face that nobody really is absolutely a hundred percent horrible or a hundred percent good. And all of that horrible, awful stuff really is kind of mixed up with maybe some bits of good stuff. So yeah. um, they, they lie together and they're not, quite so easy to separate as we would all like to believe. I know. I mean, that's so like, I wanted to call the book pretty ugly for those reasons. Yeah. It's like, A, it's people who are going from pretty to quote unquote ugly because of the disease, yeah. but also they're pretty ugly people at times, but they're also pretty at times, like emotionally pretty. I right. loved these characters so much. Yeah. And, and honestly, by the time the second half of the book rolls around, I think, people start seeing Sam in a different light and uh, I just like, I'm still not over them. And I like wrote them months and months and months and months and months and months ago. And I still like, I just like think about them and I'm like, Oh God, my heart hurts. Yeah. See, I'm hooked enough that I'm probably going to have to finish it. Um, Sue. <laughs> I hope you do. I hope you do. Cause I, Oh, it's love, it's you know what I on the end. I was saying to Jennifer backstage it reminds me a little bit and this is a compliment because I am not one of the people who considers Stephen King a hack I think he's brilliant I don't read him that much I just think he's brilliant um, because again I like my unicorns and lollipops and happy endings I'll read dark stuff in the middle I just want a happy ending this is my problem with dystopian I, well, I, I'll say, I mean this doesn't have an unhappy ending. <laughs> okay all right. Well, <laughs> We may proceed. So I started reading The Stand because my whole family is King fans and they're like, you have to read him, mom. And, you know, it's awesome. I got halfway through and it's such a big fat book. It's like, it's I so cannot, good. I cannot live in this world any longer. I just, I can't. There was bad things going on. A friend of mine had just committed suicide. I had a job yeah. that was getting me down. I was like, no, 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 no. I have to bail. But, um, your writing is so brilliant and the way that you elicit the many nuances of these characters we don't have a whole lot of time but i would love for you if you're willing to like read just one page i know that it's oh, not enough oh. but um, i didn't ask you ahead I it know, could just be I the can, first page you don't I need can to read the first page i think i'll have to put on my glasses oh <laughs> i know i'm like do you have goth glasses? I usually no. carry. Oh, no, <laughs> I have like like nerdy glasses, but I love them. I, I just usually don't... 
Where? Remember to ask backstage before I spring it on you, but they're lovely. Oh, yeah, yeah, I will. So this is the first page of the prologue. First, like first page and half a page. Yeah. Okay. Um, can I swear? Yes. It's if not, you're listening, you just be prepared to. You it's know. not the f word. Okay. Well, then we're good. Okay. I just I was like, oh, well, the first line has a cuss word in it. Well, there you go. So, and that's good because then people know what they're getting in for, and they exactly. don't get surprised on page two, like happening. Like, oh, why they're so. She was barely able to drag her ass out of bed today. She felt it. She was destroyed. Last night's drinks left her with a throat that felt like it was filled with cat hair and dried grass. The rest of her just felt a little raw. Her lips were swollen and her mouth felt tender and chapped. She remembered Kim. She reached up and touched the back of her head. It was sore. She remembered it had hit the wall at one point. She tried to smile, but even a smile hurt. She didn't have that much to drink, just a few fruity concoctions with the girls before the slow, smoky, and sad descent into whiskey. Girls, that stretched the truth. Girl, last night it was just a girl only a girl. This morning, she felt like she was still there in that stupid bar, Lamparadio. The music seared into her skin, eighth grade razor blades, her eardrums hurt. It was too loud to even have a conversation. She spent the whole night sipping $18 Cosmos as she screamed, what? Every time somebody tried to talk to her. She only remembered one of the conversations from last night. But maybe it's not that she can't remember the others. Maybe she never even heard them. She only heard one. She half remembered it was about love languages and buildings that collapsed against you. And at the end of the night, it's not the conversations that matter anyways. The thing that mattered now was how the world saw it. Saw it. Fear of missing out. FOMO. It's what she had tried hard in the last 10 years to build her life on. Building blocks like this are precarious. And in the end, even memories felt like falling downstairs. <sighs> I love it. Thank you. You're Thank so you. welcome. So um, we should talk about where people can find this book, which came out on Tuesday, by the way, y'all. So it is available. I know it's on Amazon. Where else is it, it available? Is, it is on Amazon, obviously, in ebook and paperback on Amazon. If you want to support uh, whatever your local independent bookstore is, I love that. It is available on bookshop.org. Uh, if you want an autographed copy, you can go to gibsonsbookstore.com. They ship. You can order online. Um, and they are, they hosted my, my book launch. They're fantastic. Oh, they yeah. are an independent bookstore that's been around since 1898. Perfect and for you. Yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you can always try to support your local independent bookstores because they've had a really rough 16 months. So yeah. bookshop.org would get you uh, supporting any local bookstore. They process the orders through those. So, or Amazon. Or, you know, Barnes and Noble, you can do those things too. But so basically anywhere books are sold anywhere. or you can ask your indie store to order it in and yep. they will do that for you. They will do it. So where else can people find you? I do want to mention um, your podcast too. <laughs> Jennifer has the best name for her podcast. <laughs> it's Vox Vomitus. So yeah. V-O-X, like 
voice in Latin. In Latin. And, and then fake Latin for vomit. <laughs> <laughs> so we had is... wanted to call it word vomit, but that was weirdly already copywritten. So. Okay. So box vomit, I love it. So what is the... Do you, you guess the interviews? Yes. So it airs every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. Pacific. Other times in the middle, I can never figure out which one right. is mountain and which one is central. Uh, so every Wednesday, we interview best-selling authors, and we talk about not only their new books, but about their writing process and what went wrong along the way sometimes. Ooh, that's fun. <laughs> so... Um, so yeah, we've had some of the, the best authors working today. We just recently had Josh Mallerman. Last night we had Joe Lansdale. We've had Carol Goodman, Paul Tremblay, Elma Katsu, Mae Cobb. So it, we just, it's been like a really fun year. It's yeah. been out a year as of last week. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's, a, it's such a great, I, I know I've been on Authors on the Air for a while and I saw the new title come up. I'm like, oh, that's so, that's great. I <laughs> love you're going to be a guest on our show in, I think, November? October, I think November. that sounds right. I was, I I was looking like, ahead. I can't and remember I, I my paper calendar right now, but I know <laughs> yeah, you're on the Somewhere show. in the future, somewhere down the road, which is great. I'm really looking forward to it. So let me see, where else can people find you? Are you on Instagram? You are. But it's not Jennifer Ann Gordon. It's something different. No, it wasn't part of my burlesque name. So it's like Jennifer Genevieve Gordon. Okay. Because Genevieve was my uh, burlesque name. Right. But the easiest place to find me actually is to just go to my website, which Uh is www.jenniferanngordon.com. And that has links to my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook, all the places. Right. And it has book links too. Do you have a newsletter there for people to sign up for? Or I like don't that? know don't. yet. I okay, don't. that's okay. I, that's I know fantastic. it's been on my to-do list for like six months. Like newsletter, like figure that out. It's like newsletter question mark. <laughs> and then I just keep putting other things in front right. of it. Because yeah. I'm like, it's that question mark that's daunting. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> hmm. I'll figure that out later. Yeah. Yeah. There's always plenty to do. So are you working on another book now? I am. I am. I am about 70,000 words into a work in progress that I will, my agent is, I won't let me talk about it at all. And uh, so I I can say it's not horror. Oh, wow. Uh, So it's a brand new genre for me. Uh, yeah, not horror. There are cockatiels in it and a sheet cake. Cockatiels and a sheet cake. Okay, uh, so those are the hints you can give us. Cockatiels, yeah. I know, I'm just, I, I try to be like so vague. I'm like, <laughs> uh, it takes place during summer. <laughs> so, um, okay. so uh, 70,000 words into that. Um, and I, I also do a lot of like personal essays and like memoir essays. So I'm constantly working on those. And I accidentally started writing, I, I think, a novella about um, a woman whose mother dies of Alzheimer's disease. And she believes her mother's hallucinations are now haunting the house that she's in. Ooh. So, you oh, know, that sounds uplifting, uplifting. Well, it also sounds fascinating. So, you know, have you heard about Kindle Vella? Would you consider playing with that? With the... um, I, you know... I don't know. I feel like Kendall Vela is so new right now. And I think it's about to be like um, embroiled in one of those like audible controversies because oh, you, can, you can buy stuff with a token 
and then after seven days return it and you get your token back and then keep buying things so i feel like that's a bug that they will work out yeah currently it looks like because they used to be able to do that with audible like after you listen to it be like i'm returning it and then they're like here's your credit back so people would just use the same credit for like years on audible books so i think (laughs) once kindle vela is i think uh, the bugs are worked out I am intrigued by it. I'm intrigued too. I almost like it, I got the email last week. It's like, this is, you know, you can still jump on. I looked at it and I'm like, I could do something. I could come with it really fast. I could start. I and then I looked at everything I have on my schedule. I'm so swamped right now. It's like, I'm not I even getting half thing. done of the things that I'm committed to do. And it's like, really, Carrie? Really? Exactly. I thought the same thing. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I have this idea for a whole dance memoir and I, I could just release chapter by chapter. And I'm like, when am I going to do that? <laughs> I had an idea too. Here's mine. Cause actually I think it would be really fun to go into my shadow Valley world as a character and the character can only see what has been written. So if I haven't written it yet, it doesn't exist. So all there is, there's only a couple buildings on main street and everything I else. Love is it. So I think I probably do need to write this. Just not sure. If it oh, like it's Kindle so Bella. fun. Yeah, yeah. It's like so meta. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. But like, yeah. And that's when I thought, like, oh, I have all these ideas for Kindle Vella. And then I'm like, oh, well, couldn't that just be a novel? Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I go to novels. <laughs> I, I have a hard time writing short. Me too, which is why I said I think I'm writing a novella. But I'm sure <laughs> every novel I've written, I've sat down and said, this is a short story. Oh, really? <laughs> See, then, I like, just I know better. And I'm like, okay, it's definitely not a short story. I don't even like to read short stories. They're just not, you know, because I like character development. That's my thing. I want to see the characters grow. And yeah, me come, too. So. Me too. Well, I thank you so much. This was great. I you really, were awesome. I, I was you. feeling kind of tired by the time we got together and then oh. you came on and we just got all I'm energized. Like, ah! now. I'm yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> it's great. That's it what fun. happens. You were great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you're listening to this on the podcast version and you can't see us, you should know that Jennifer's name is spelled Jennifer as in J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R, the old fashioned way, and is A-N-N-E and it's Gordon, G-O-R-D-O-N. Thank Um, you. I usually spell it. But it's like, and I always say it with like weird dorky things. I'm like Jennifer, the old fashioned way, and like Anne of Green Gables. Yeah, I know. I say that too. (laughs) Yeah, perfect. Perfect, perfect. And it is important because there are so many spellings these days. So, alrighty. Well, I'm going to let you go before your StreamYard does its magic timeout thing. Knock on wood. It hasn't happened. And I will see the rest of you back for another edition sometime in the immediate future. And uh, have a great day. Read a good book. Thank you, everybody.